Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Denny, Hot Toddy. Good to be with you again, friends. We are doing another Monster Mash, where we pick movies and make each other watch them. And boy, did we pick some doozies this evening. Some turkeys. I am Grizzly Abner, and I chose Edge of the Axe. Have we done this before? I'm pr- professor here. I picked Frankenhooker. Venomous Denny, I picked Head of the Family. In Hot Toddy, I chose Spookies. All right. <laughs> Boy, let's just jump right in. Toddy, what is our first film? That would be Edge of the Axe, 1988, directed by Joseph Bronstein and starring Barton Falks and Christina Marie Lane. All right. What's that about? I don't know. <laughs> My choice. <laughs> a little nervous about this book report. Uh, do, do we start with if we've seen it or not, maybe? <laughs> yeah, will thank that, you. Will thank that buy you some time? Yeah. I'll go watch it again. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this is my first time viewing, and I chose it because I think that my wife had found it on Shudder, and she pulled up the trailer for it, and the trailer was awesome. And I was like, I've never even heard of this, so that's why I chose it. Anybody else? Have you seen it before? Second time viewing. Okay. I watched it, uh, Arrow had put it out. And it kind of got some good buzz on podcasts. People kind of discovering it for the first time got me interested originally. So, okay, I had never seen it. Uh, I have noticed that it's streaming on like Tubi or Pluto and this and Shutter, and so it's readily available right now. And I think that might be. Uh, I think we're gonna we're in an era where a lot of lost or forgotten things are coming back because everybody's looking for content Mm -hmm. with all of these different streaming services so everything is getting a platform now and so i think that we're in an era where we're starting to see a lot of forgotten gems or lesser gems (laughs) yes uh the first time viewing uh, this movie has been on my radar because I, i definitely remember it's got a cool box art so i definitely remember that about it and in the, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a brief synopsis is that an axe murderer terrorizes a small northern California mountain community while two young computer obsessed adults attempt to solve the killings. Did you know that Quint means five? <laughs> that sounded almost like kind of like a description from. It is though you could find that description on the Internet Movie Database dot <laughs> com, if you will. <laughs> so the movie starts pretty bonkers in that there's this car wash kill for the cold mm. open. I'll say right off the bat, this movie has some great kills in it. I just right. want to say that I enjoy a good car wash and smoking cigarettes <laughs> and listening to news radio, and I don't appreciate this movie. Taking that away from me. <laughs> Windows rolled up in the car wash, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. The 80s were wild. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, 
Yeah, so I think that's probably why this film has the staying power that it does. Uh, the storyline's not bad, but the kills are really what I think is the reason why people still talk about this movie. Am I do do we know what year this was actually filmed? Because this feels older than nineteen eighty. I feel like a lot of the late eighty like forty six like, and then they had production problems. This feels like nineteen eighty four. Yeah. I was gonna say I feel like a lot of the late eighties movies just were made way earlier on and they had and this this could have been one of them. Either that or it's that it low budget. Felt and it. looked older than eighty eight. Or maybe they filmed it in Canada. Yeah, possible. So we find out, so you go on and there's a, there's this old man and this young guy that live together. The old man's just kind of this stubborn old, old guy in, in camo that sits around, chills in his cabin all day. And then the young guy is into computers. Nerd. It's like if we split you into <laughs> yeah. roommates. Yes. He's into computers and he's got a motorcycle. I, and I do love that young guy. He shames the young dude, but then just like, is like, ah, 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 like. <laughs> <laughs> he says your computers are messing with something. I can't remember my cable. It was or... running up his light bill. Wasn't That's it? right. <laughs> your computers are running up my light bill. And so the young guy and his buddy are also exterminators, right? And so we start out by the good. They're not brothers. Place. I don't think so. Oh, well, that makes sense then. I get because they're like in the truck, sitting right next to each other, giving handies or something, <laughs> which is confusing. So right off from the bat. We got these dudes going to uh, go to this exterminating gig. The lady smells something. It comes out there's this dead body in the attic. But he goes, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just storage and something's gone bad. And his buddy goes, storage for what? Shit? <laughs> Which I thought was a great line. They find this body up there and the cops come and they say it's suicide. And it's clearly not suicide. And then we have the line, Bodacious Tatas, which I think is great that it makes <laughs> a comeback again. Night of the Demons. Yes, exactly. Nice. Bo- oh, bodacious boobies, sis. <laughs> <laughs> and so we find out that his friend is actually married to an older lady. And so we start building like this cast of who the suspects could be for these murders, right? So his friend is married to this older lady, but he's into hooking up with young broads with bodacious tatas. And uh, <clears throat> then we just start going on this string of killings. There's this foreign lady who leaves a bar and gets killed on these train tracks. And when we see the killer is actually wearing women's boots. Is that to throw the police off the trail? I don't know. I didn't even notice that. How did you notice <laughs> you know, that? <laughs> I, you guys for years have teased me about covering Jallo movies. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> uh, she gets pushed on the tracks after, uh, you know, ac- after an accident, right? Accident. Ax. I like that. Ident, oh, right? God. She gets axed and then thrown on the tracks. Somebody. And so the cop's like, totally an accident. She just fell on the, the tracks, right? Uh, boy, I feel like I'm a, a running train here talking about train tracks. What do you guys think so far about the film? Uh, I mean, this is my flavor. Like, yeah, I like movies from this era, the slashers that feel regional um, and mean, both of which those boxes are checked in this. Um, one thing I especially like about this, actually two things. One, I like the in-frame violence. Yes. Um, the thing that stuck with me after the first viewing more than anything was showing in frame the contact with the acts. So they're not doing it with a bunch of 
quick cuts. <laughs> like they're hitting. They're just hitting the making contact. With the axe, like. Yeah, with the axe against whatever they've got under the clothes. Yeah, with blood popping right there. I mean, it's for that era. It it's startling at first because yeah. you're so used to the way that stuff's edited. And I love the way they present that there. Um, and I also the other thing, and we're, you've already kind of touched on it, but. What I really like about this is it's more in the traditional serial killer sense, um, as opposed to a frenzied night where we've got everybody trapped in one place. Yeah, I like that we keep checking checking in with detectives the next day, and it's kind of spread out in that sense. So those are the, those are a couple of things that I think set themselves apart with this movie from the traditional slashers of that era, and it never really tips its hat. Yeah. I mean, which is. You know, which is in line with the good slashers of that era, is that you really don't know mm-hmm. who's doing this. Uh, I, I did have a note, uh, and I, that is definitely something that made me the 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 use of the computers definitely makes it feel dated because basically they're just, especially when they're talking back and forth, and it's just the guy's voice like, "Nice to see you tonight." <laughs> but when she puts like you just put anything in the computer and it's waiting, he's like, "What did you put in there that it can't compute?" And she's like, "I asked it if you were gay." <laughs> Which then he kisses her like a fifties movie, and it's like, "Yeah, he's gay." And he had Justin Bieber hair. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out uh, my favorite part is with great value Chuck Norris is at the police station because his pig got killed. <laughs> My favorite scene is that, and not that I condone animal killings because it sucks, but I love that this tiny, oh, yeah. tiny little dog bikes. bleeds like like it looks like uh it looks like Johnny the Johnny Depp scene in Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> where blood is coming through the ceiling because this tiny little dog is dead upstairs. We got the guy that lost his pig, and the pig head winds up in someone's bed. <laughs> his wife's bed. Yeah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Then we also find out that the lady who got killed by the train, she was known for sleeping around. So that mm-hmm. starts building a sub, uh, suspect base. Uh, then we get that uncomfortable date conversation about parents. <laughs> what are your parents? Where are they at? What did they do? Anybody? Well, nothing to add. It's just part of the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that the train lady may have slept. With one of their dads, mm, mm, mm. right, right. right so we got was that the that. one that charged hundred bucks to sleep with her? Hundred bucks, running that train. <laughs> and then they find a severed head stuck in a boat motor. You'll have that. <laughs> okay, jello, jello, jello. Yeah, right, right. So now we find these gossiping women saying that Nibs is the killer. Right? Which one's Nibs? Is that your commentary? <laughs> <laughs> then we've got the killed dog. And then we get that scene where the the fingers get chopped. I was going to say, her fingers get chopped and then she's limping. <laughs> hey, it hurts her whole body when something like that happens. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. No, okay. Keep going. okay. All right. Tell us the whole movie. You're killing it. Watched this six, six weeks ago. <laughs> okay. So who, p- who picked this? 
So, so somebody give him the wrap it up. Sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a first time listener. I'm not usually like this. Uh, so um, we found out that Lillian doesn't like swings because as a kid she got a fractured skull. <laughs> And uh, she her had to go. Cousin, her cousin got a fractured skull. And what oh, was yeah. his name? Swinging the cousin. That's right. What was that cousin's name? Jar Jar Banks. Charlie? Punky Wonky Sunky. Was it <laughs> not Charlie? Sure. Because mm-hmm. Charlie's. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yep, yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and yeah, go ahead. I remember this movie better than you do, but that's cool. Why don't you help me out? <laughs> you just, I, I just saw fear wash over Grizz's face. <laughs> She had a, a, huge, a huge swing flashback because she pushed her cousin and he said, you're going too high, ladies. Right. He fractured her skull. Yeah. She fractured his skull by pushing him too high yeah. on the swing. Too much fun on the Charlie. playground and then you got mashed potato brains. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but then when they find out, he's been released, right? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and so now we're pretty sure that Charlie is the killer. Yes. Right? And so... She's swinging Gerald, (laughs) the dude that she's with, and she freaks out because she sees that Gerald has a scar on his head. And Martin, which is his last name, was also stepfather's last name. And so she's starting to put together that this dude is her cousin, Charlie. And if you watch Martin, there was a Charlie on that episode... (laughs) But what do we find out? With, with Bruh Man? Vinny, what do we find out about Charlie? There is no Charlie! I wonder if you're going that far with it yet. Yeah. Turns out... Please let this be... No Charlie. Are we Are we giving it away now? Yep. It's the girl. She's got psychosis from the head injury. It was her who got hurt on the swing. It was her who went to a mental asylum. But she has a form of amnesia... See, and a delusion that she has created this person of Charlie, and she's the one who's been doing all the killing. <laughs> That's it. I did have enough notes for that. Grizz, I, I want to ask. Yeah, do you like the ending? It was me all along. <laughs> Ooh, we're dead. <laughs> uh, this, I think, it works honestly for uh, as silly as this movie could be, and as slow as it could be in some parts. I think it was not, not that it was a creative ending, but I think it worked well. And it's what set it apart from some other slashers at the time. So it had good kills. And the ending is a shock. Like It's I, a whodunit on top of everything else. Yeah, and yeah. I did not expect it to be Lillian. I did not expect Lillian to be Lillian. <laughs> you know, in Stand By Me, when Lardass has his revenge, <laughs> and they're disappointed that that's it. You're like, oh, that's, that's fine, Gordo. That's kind of how I felt with this. It didn't matter. Yeah. The ending didn't matter. Like, the what got us there was good. The kills. What I thought was they at least paid this much attention. And in a lot of horror movies, you, they won't. Uh, both of the actors that they are leading you to... Both of the... the Lillian and... Uh, what's old boy with the Bieber hair? What's the character's name? Gerald. Gerald. They both have brown eyes. And the killer, all the way through, that's the only part of the face you can see, has brown eyes. So while they're leading you towards Gerald, he's got brown eyes. It's actually her. She, the actress also has brown eyes. I need to get stoned to watch these movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're on it. I didn't even notice that. I, but I thought that was it was a cool... Uh, something that they paid it, it, and it, it, 
detail that they paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Also proof that simple maths are the best. Yeah. The, the maths in this has nothing to it. It's creepy as hell. She barely wore it half the time, though, because they're like, oh, it's you. Put the, put the mask on, lady. <laughs> She's like, I can't breathe in this mask. <laughs> it has no <laughs> air holes. <laughs> this actually, I get more sick with it on. <laughs> <laughs> I kill more people when I'm wearing them. <laughs> that's, so, that's true. So, um, fat. Yeah, so I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I'm not going to be in any hurry to rewatch it, um, but I didn't, I'm not opposed to rewatching it at some point. But uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. It did not live up to the trailer because the trailer is all the kills. And so you see all that in the trailer, and it's all killer and no filler. And you're like, dang, what is this movie I've never seen? And you're like, they left some things out of the trailer. Yeah, if there's one thing that we can leave with this podcast for listeners, they've always done this. <laughs> Trailers have always shown way too much. And, and a great poster. Yeah, great poster. Great poster. So uh, as she goes on and she, she kills Gerald, and it's sad because Gerald was a good guy and he's yeah. just trying to help. But then, His last words were, well, my name is Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, as the cops are, the cops are coming or taking her away, you see her smile. That is fun. We'll see. It's a fun little, fun little end, little wink there. So, uh, if, if you're an '80s slasher person, I'd recommend checking it out. Yeah. And if you accidentally get edge of the ass, it's also similar. it's fine. <laughs> and the, that one's uh, very similar. They both have brown eye. Oh, God. <laughs> now. I, mine was right to the line there. Then okay. Todd drove into the parade. I just went over the edge. <clears throat> Move us. All right, Tom, what is our next film to this? So, place? from ass to head of the family, 1996, <laughs> directed by Charles Band and starring Blake Bailey and Jacqueline Lavelle. 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 Or Lovell. Lovell. <laughs> Don't church it up, Dirk. <laughs> so, then it was Vinny here. Speaking of church it up. I chose this one. And I chose this one because I'm, I'm always watching something with streaming services and I saw this one come up. And I remember seeing this cover art on the VHS at the video stores all the time growing up. And I've never seen it. Uh, when I say growing up, it was made in 96, so I mean, I saw it as a teenager. Um, you were 25. <laughs> but, uh, so I picked it because I wanted to see what it was, what it was like, and I'll throw my opinion out there first. I think this movie is better than it should be, to be honest with you, <laughs> for being Charles Band and head of that pun, for, you know, for the, I think it's better than it should be. It's not, it's not Casablanca, but it's better than it should be. This is my first viewing. I, too, remember the cover art. And um, I can't disagree with that that review because it's it's not the worst film we've watched for this no. podcast. It's not great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I'd seen this before. I, I agree. It's better than it should be. Mm-hmm. It's also probably my most, unless I'm forgetting something, my most enjoyed Charles Band movie because <laughs> I Troma and Full Moon I don't really get down with a lot of that stuff I 
I don't judge people who do. It's just not for me. Yeah. But with this, and we'll get into more of the specifics on it, obviously, but with this, the humor rarely works. Like, it's not too gutter. (laughs) This is a weird one, but the movie works. Yeah. Yeah. It strangely does. Uh, I've I've seen this a few times, but it has been a, a very long time since I've watched this, and I actually... I feel like this is um, kind of like because Full Moon originally was with Paramount when they were doing the Puppet Master and stuff, and so this is kind of like when he branched away. And I feel like this was the resurgence of Full Moon, which I think we're in another resurgence. But there's a lot of doo doo that they put out. Oh yeah, I think head oh, of the, yeah. I think head of the family, especially for what it is. I think it's actually like I hate to say a strong movie, but for what it is, I I think that it's it for is him, hell yeah. This is. is a top tier entry for Full Moon, and, <laughs> yes. and, and even even the uh, I would say even like the the head of the family, like just the way they did that effect, it's very effective and it, it works and um, it's an enjoyable movie. Plus the guy they got to like voice him and everything, it was just it was I don't know it was perfect for what this movie was. Okay. I'm gonna hit you with the. Brief synopsis here. I was hoping for more than brief. <laughs> so you have a restaurant slash grocery store, would you say? A diner slash grocery store? It's my first note. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's like Frishish where you can, you can drive up and get toilet paper, whatever you need. Owned by Lance. And Lance is having an affair with Loretta. And her husband, Howard... Is the poor man's dog the bounty hunter, <laughs> and he is the local shitbag, criminal, tough guy. So, Lance is out one night banging Loretta, and on their way back, they notice that the road is blocked in a place it shouldn't be. Lance checks it out, and he sees the Stackpool family. Basically taking a guy out of his truck into the house. So Don't forget, we're introduced to the stack pools because they come to get their groceries at the diner yes. earlier. And that's and when we get to see them. there's Otis. Who's there's always an Otis. A, a big, uh, muscle-bound doofus. There is uh, Wheeler, who is a smaller, thin man wearing goggles. And there's Ernestina... <laughs> Who does not speak and is hot AF. So. Which makes her hotter. After they've seen the stack pools doing whatever they're doing, Lance hatches this plan because they've got money that he is going to blackmail them to take care of Loretta's husband so that she and him can be together finally. So he goes to the house. And is taken in front of the head of the family, <laughs> Myron, who is a ginormous head. It reminds me of that <laughs> the living color. color. Yes, the head detective. He's a giant head with arms he and like tiny legs. Hands. Yeah, he's like a Mr. Potato Head. And only his head is enormous, and but he is super intelligent and he has mental power control over all of the other ones because they're because they're quadruplets yeah they're quadruplets and he 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 explains that 
each one of them has certain gifts. Mm-hmm. And Otis is strong AF. Uh, Wheeler can hear really, like, super hearing and super sight and all this shit. And Ernestina is a sex pop. She has a <laughs> Like, yeah. that's her power. She yeah. has a WAP. Yeah, and he can, he can, <laughs> he can control them with, with his mind. So, Lance successfully blackmails them into taking care of er, er, Ernestina's Loretta's husband. Basically, they're being lobotomized in the basement. Well, I was going to say, don't forget, they're, they're performing procedures on all these people, and they've got a cage full of victims. Because Myron is trying to find a way to put his consciousness into one of these people's bodies. That's normal. He's, he's like trying to like do like what Crane did in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but what I do love about this, as silly as all this is, and it is silly. The breasts. <laughs> there are tons of titties in this movie. Uh... <laughs> I love the forced perspective that they use. They like they get clever with some uh, old techniques to make Myron's Myron look larger compared to other people. So I do appreciate that about it. Uh, so anyway, Lance blackmails him. As you would imagine, he ends up getting outwitted by Myron because he keeps trying to bribe him. He keeps trying to blackmail them over and over. One time's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, they finally capture him and Loretta. Anybody else want to jump in here and add anything to this? So, he says that he's got a lawyer on retainer that will contact the authorities if he doesn't contact them. And so, the family, because of their supersonic hearing and their (laughs) their crazy strength, they go and find the lawyer and kill him. So, now that's when they're able to... And also, Ernestina has been sent in to seduce Lance. So now they've got the blackmail that he fucked around on Loretta with Ernestina. So, Which wouldn't Myron feel that? Hopefully. Yeah, because he's mind controlling <laughs> her. So technically, he's, he's the one. Second Lance's wiener. <laughs> well, Myron not only has a big head, which but he is also why has it's called a big part of the family. <laughs> Myron also has a big tongue. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, where he licks Loretta's boob. Yeah, that's gross. So then, at one point, he's making Loretta. Is it Shakespeare? He's got him up performing on a stage in the nude. In the nude. Sorry, I'm harder than Grant. <laughs> With the other right uh, half lobotomized people. Uh, so then he goes to burn her at the stake, right? Yes. And that's when Otis says no hurt pretty lady (laughs) and he saves her and Lance gets loose and shoves Myron down the stairs and out of his wheelchair (laughs) and he's like (laughs) and after all the shredder the house burns down and all this and that Otis is the only one left and Loretta says ah he's the last stack pool which means he got all the green now so she marries him and then, at the very end, he says, the last stack pool, and then he starts laughing maniacally. Leading you to believe, perhaps Myron ain't deed. Insane. <laughs> That's crazy, because usually Full Moon doesn't try and milk things. So. <laughs> it's refreshing I had, for the potential. If, I, if I had to shorten what this movie is, I had Reanimator meets The Godfather. <laughs> 
which is a slap in the face to both Reanimator and the Godfather. Also, uh, elements of Crash, the creepy Crash, not the racist one, uh, when he is uh, sleeping with Dog Bounty Hunter's wife, Loretta. he's wanting uh, Loretta to describe dude's junk and stuff to him, kind of like Crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a film. You know what's funny is, is the moment that this film went off the rails for me was the theater performance. <laughs> That's when it went off the rails for you? That's when it was just too far. I was uh, hoping like a, Not when you saw the cover. <laughs> I was hoping a living color like they would do like like the, where they would accidentally use him as a bowling ball and stuff. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is funny. This is silly. Ooh, it's a followable story. This is a followable story. Uh, oh, now you have her nude performing Shakespeare. I was getting ready to say, he's getting ready to turn it off, getting ready to turn it titties. <laughs> <laughs> they keep peppering us through the whole movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, would have been a stronger film without the theater performance, I believe, other than that. So um, you're anti-thespian? <laughs> <laughs> You're to hear first, folks. <laughs> I and I've recently seen that they are currently working on a sequel. Oh no, there is a sequel. Yeah, I can't find it anywhere. They're, they came out maybe the next year. That's it's been. I made. kept reading different things. I kept finding. I different thought there things. was one that it came out a few like years after. Years. It's a bride of the, bride of the head of the family. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I sequel. cannot find it anywhere. So, so do you think it. our brains are being manipulated? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's cover art for it, but I can't find it streaming anywhere. And there are articles saying there are recent articles about it being developed. I swear they made a sequel a long time. If they did, somebody send me a copy. I would watch that shit. P.S. Wilson, I think you don't watch this, but tell me that Lance doesn't look like Sawyer from Lost. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, I bet you could watch it on Full Moon. They have their own channel on Prime. Yes, is that right? If you bet were not. willing to spend that money. Is that the first one, though, or Bride? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking for it. But it could I be challenge good. anybody to get me Bride, because I will watch that. Or I can't find it anymore. Or is this like uh, Kazam with Sinbad that Sinbad. never happened? That never happened. <clears throat> okay. Well, we are recording, guys. So, <laughs> <This is live>. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Turkey. <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> I recommend it. I go watch it. it if you like bonkers fun, go watch it's, it. It's yeah. it's enjoyable. If you like Chris Rock, head of state, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Toddy, what is our next pick? Next, uh, we're moving right along here to Frankenhooker, nineteen ninety, written and directed by Frank Hinnenlotter, and starring James Lorenz, Patty Mullen, and. Helmer Augustus Cooper. Okay. Professor. I'm curious right out of the gate who had seen this before. This was my second viewing. I This was uh, whenever this came out on video. This is actually a movie I was excited to see when it came out. I had watched this for the first time maybe two weeks before you picked it. Gotcha. So um, we have... Because Hinnenlotter doesn't have a long filmography. He's maybe directed, I don't know, ten, ten things. And we'd covered everything else. And so this is one that I'd been close to picking for a while. And when Vinny had uh, mentioned that he had watched it, I thought, let's just do this. And I think we're all big Hinnenlotter fans yeah. at this table. And so this is one that I'm um, particularly fond of. So thought it was uh, time to pick it. And then once these picks started rolling out for this episode, it, <laughs> it just kind of... 
fit in organically with the rest. So it's uh, exactly what it sounds like, Frankenhooker. <laughs> it's the classic story of Frankenstein, uh, but it is Frank Henenlotter, as per usual, injecting it into his kind of 42nd Street brand. His of, sleazy uh, New York. Absolutely bonkers storytelling. So um, <clears throat> we open up with uh, our main character, Jeffrey Franken. It's a cute nod there. Anybody that picked that up, a little <laughs> wink at the camera. Um, who is a young New Jersey native working at a power plant specializing as a bioelectrical scientist. And so... You, you take these different ideas from Frankenstein and inject it into this world. Um, we are with him uh, and his soon-to-be uh, wife, his fiance Elizabeth, at the, um, I think it's a cookout for her dad, uh, where he gives him an automated lawnmower, <laughs> which then proceeds to run over and kill his fiance Elizabeth. Um, and so... From there, we we deal with his grief, uh, which in its own way is effective mm-hmm. in this movie, for especially for Frank Henenlotter, uh, but it is. Um, but he he begins slowly to kind of unravel from this. He was in love with her, and he's beginning to plot um, his knowledge to rebuild her, mm-hmm. and much in the way that we know the common ideas of Frankenstein. Um, but as you can imagine, it goes off the rails. So, any thoughts initially that we want to throw out there before we just jump right into uh, some of the what, I didn't know if you were going to mention that the news reporter kind of lets it known that um, that body body parts were kind of known to be missing. Yeah, right before that, they're like she turned into a bit of a human tossed salad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, oh, don't spare anything. Yeah, but some parts are missing, notably the head. Yep. Yeah. And then he's having um, mock dinner dates with some of her uh, remnants. And um, he's showing her head pictures of different body parts with her head on them for different bodies and saying, do you like this one, Elizabeth? Do you like this one? Things are not going well for Jeffrey at that point. Um, but basically, his plan ends up being to get into rebuilding with pieces of prostitutes. His fiance again. And so, if you've seen a Frank Henenlotter movie, you already know what's coming. Uh, he develops a super crack, which <laughs> will, so which uh, was a relevant um, topic, especially in that era. Yeah, as it was ravaging through inner city areas. Um, but he is scoping out. He's getting uh, kind of these hooker parties together. And he's scoping out body parts that he likes, and he's marking them. And what he's going to do is get them to smoke the super crack, which will explode them, and he can take the parts he wants and to he piece says, together. I'm not technically killing them. Crack is. Crack already <laughs> is. They should just be saying no, which is making fun of the Just Say No campaign right. for Nancy Reagan. <laughs> it's so bad. But yeah, so... That's, to me, where the movie really just completely goes off the rails <laughs> in the, the funnest possible way. Uh, during the hooker crack party? Yes. <laughs> well, he's, he's inspecting their parts, as Wilson says, yes. and rating them. But they're the ones... He doesn't give them the drugs yet. I they think. find it. Well, yeah, he changes his mind. He's yeah, not going to. Right, because I think he was just going to try and just pick one. Right. But then they find the drugs and they go, ravenous. Yeah. Like, shit over pushing it. him down and <laughs> knocking him out of the way. <laughs> 
ingesting this super crack any way that they can. Which makes them explode. And they don't just keep leaning into the same exact method. They get creative with it. I think my favorite is the, the camera view that's on the leg that's flying through the room. So you have the, the leg of the shoe spiraling as it's shooting across. Um, yeah, this, this super crack that he's developed causes them to explode, and it's nuts. <laughs> and they don't... It's insane. They don't look for the easy routes on it, so you'll have, like, a girl full body shot where you watch her explode. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just... It's insane. Thoughts on the crack party? <laughs> Who doesn't like that? I, I had not... I mean, I've seen Hen and Lauder movies... I brain damage is the one I think we did last time that I absolutely just fucking fell in love with. And watching this one, I was just like, this hits for me. Like, <laughs> I love him a lot of movies. I really yeah. do. And like, you had Zachary in it with a cameo, mm-hmm. full gear, like full on character Zachary. Uh, blue 80s lightning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this hits every, like, nostalgia check mark for what, like, were the movies you weren't allowed to watch as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely Dirty New York. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, from the crack party that gets out of control, he uh, gets his parts together, and he brings back his fiance, newly constructed. Uh, the problem is, she cannot talk very well. Um, and so you kind of go through the antics of what you'd expect with uh, bringing back... Um, your beloved fiance with hooker parts. Um, so the remnants of their thoughts and memories. Which I, yes, I, I love that part. Sex worker, please. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> you know, I side <laughs> side story here. Uh, listened to a Jack the Ripper podcast recently, and they did the introductions at every episode, clarifying why they were calling them prostitutes. So interesting. And I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. No, oh, yeah. I do. So I'm like, these women were killed like 130 years ago. Do they have if to rename this them, movie? They, I, they wouldn't understand. Um, so yes. yes thank you for Frank, the correction. This should be Frank and Sex Worker. Yes. <laughs> um, wow. Is that is that because there's like like a hooker is like, where you crochet now? or? <laughs> so he... What was the uh, angry pimp's name? Is it Tito? Zorro. 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 Yeah. Oh, during the explosions, Zorro yeah. gets hit with a head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for offending you with the name. Getting there. Um, Very upset. But so he recognizes some of the parts when she's brought back because takes, his girls were branded. Yeah. Take takes her head off. Hits her, uh, which it wouldn't put on there very well. Um, and by the way, can we talk about how good the actress did? As Frank I, and I love her. Like, yes. yeah, she's twitchy. Well, and, and when, what was the movie we covered? The other one she did was it Doom Asylum? Yeah, I think she's in she's Doom completely. Asylum. Oh, is she in Doom underutilized Asylum? in that? Because I can remember when we were picking it, thinking we have to do Frank and Hooker because she's so good in that. Yeah, Penthouse Pet, and it's like she just did a couple of movies, but there's something, some charm factor she yeah. brings to this that it's just it's hard to describe. I don't know how Todd left alone. That she has electric poo nanny, <laughs> and like has the one John and is riding him, and then he explodes from it. And then she's in the bar before Zoro recognizes the brand, and Zoro's boy is under the table, giving her some special attention. 
and also is electrocuted with blue lightning from her Say It Todd. Nope. Coot, coot. <laughs> coot, coot. You're not taking me down this road. <laughs> we'll say la cuckoo. But yeah, without uh, dragging this ending out too long, um, we have the, the woes continue where he reattaches her. Basically, long story short, the... Uh, she gains consciousness. She gets her mind back. Yeah. When he gets her reconstructed, it's her again. Uh, but then he gets his head taken off. By Zorro. By Zorro, yes. Uh, or Tito, as I called a few minutes ago before I <laughs> upset everyone. Um, but the the real ridiculous showstopper ending is after that whole showdown, uh, we attach his head to female body parts because, because his, that's because, the only way to work. Yeah, he could only do, it only worked with females. Yes. Which, yeah. why does his head work? The movie's not any good now. Nope. The science is flawed. <laughs> so, Franken Hooker. It's as uh, ridiculous uh, as it is. It is exactly what you think you're going to get from a movie called Franken Hooker. But again, like the last one, way better than it should be. Like when you oh, say yeah. this title, you would think it is going to be the dumbest shit ever yep. made. And it's, it's man, it's got some kind of. There's a charm. Yeah, there's a. It's what got a, some. A little bit of heart to it. If yeah. you, if you think like about it. when this movie's made and where it's made, this movie was filmed in New York where Jason takes Manhattan, went to Canada. But I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Frankenhooker should meet Jason takes Manhattan. I, I think it's a pair we need to see. Um, I had written down, they submitted this to the MPAA before saying F it, and just I think they eventually just released it unrated. Um but the they got back from the head of the MPA. Congratulations, you are the first film rated S for shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, I wrote down too the bathroom scene when he first goes in to um, talk about buying the hookers. That uh, I for some reason thought of you. Like, is that what it's like to go to a convention for you? Is like the they go in this tiny ass bathroom where it's like all these people are crammed in there. They give you anxiety. Mm, pretty much. Yeah, I remember the first convention I went to. I was already given the warnings, like I'm probably gonna have to gonna step have to out of here a couple times. Sneak out of here. But yeah, Frankenhooker. I, Frankenhooker. I, I did. We had to cover it. Oh and yeah, we did the basket and case movies, basket case movies, brain damage, and this. And I love all of them. I feel like yeah. this movie's still under the radar, but it's not. Like I, I see people wear the t-shirt all the time. Why aren't people doing a uh, couple costumes of Frankenhooker and? Uh, What's his name, Doctor? What's what's Jeffrey's last name? Just Franken. 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 Yeah. Al Franken. So I I, <laughs> I reckon one of those girls, one of the hookers, is a porn star. I don't know if they all were from the industry there, but um, it was Heather. <laughs> Heather something. Hmm. I remember. Well, I think her, some of them were because pro- she was on all that shit back in like the nineties. I think a few HBO. of them were prostitutes Heather too, Hunter, because uh, that's another thing they probably loved him for was they actually got SAG cards, so. And super crack, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> super crack indeed. What is, what is uh what's the line he says to them when he brings out the crack? Not uh the uh Zorro. I don't because that's when they're kind of geeking out over it. Good times, good times, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. All right, Toddy, we're to our last pick. All right, and it's yours. Moving along to Spookies, nineteen eighty six. Directed by Eugene Joseph and starring Felix Ward and Alec Nimser. Um, okay, so I guess we'll just 
Uh, do we do C or a little synopsis of what this movie is? Good Should luck. we just do some super crack before we talk about this one? <laughs> well, I just so here's what I, I a wrong turn takes a group of friends to an abandoned mansion who is occupied by an evil sorcerer who needs souls to give his bride eternal life. I like that you made fun of me for using IMDb, but that is the Amazon description of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is Glamazon's version. Uh, I remember this cover art. This was my first viewing. Uh, this is my first viewing. I, this this one's been edged in. I think the, the poster reminds me of Monster Squad for some reason. And it was just like the the way it looks, but I, it's a movie I wanted to see, and I bought the Blu-ray when it came out, and first viewing. I saw this. Joe Bob Briggs hosted it, I think within this last season of Last Drive-In. So I watched it then, and I would say if it was the second feature, I was heavily drunk by the time it came on. <laughs> uh so this is the first time I remember watching it, and ooh, doggies. Uh, second viewing. we I think it was uh, at Cinema Wasteland. Uh, there was a table that sold DVDs of that a number mm-hmm. of years ago, and I watched it from that. But um, I had picked it up on Blu-ray because Vinegar Syndrome put it out with feature-length Document uh, feature length documentary. There's actually more than one on there, but there's one specifically about the making of the movie that I kept hearing about. Mm. Um, that it's worth buying. To I was glad together. when I watched it that I had Joe Bob to break in with me and be like, "Okay, are you following? No one is. Right. Here's why." Yeah. Which which uh, this this movie originally was Twisted Souls, so it's it's like they took two like uh, this movie was already kind of filmed. Then they shot all these other scenes, and then some of it's with it's different actors. Basically, two movies and mashed together. Which I said that if yeah. I had to really sum this movie up, I would do it like Stefan from Saturday Night Live because that's what this movie is. Where it's like it's got everything. Chris, had you seen this? <laughs> no, this is my first viewing, and it is as you said, it's a kitchen sink movie. Go ahead. It's got dead brides, ghouls, poop monsters, little people, wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's just fifteen percent of the film. The poor man's Linda Blair. So basically, they had, like Todd said, they had basically filmed almost an entire movie, and then they fired the director, and then they brought in these two other guys, and they basically filmed a separate movie. And like the other movie, cocaine and super crack were really big at the time. And then they Frankensteined these two movies together to create one feature length film and you can very obviously tell <laughs> what those two films were I mean because it's completely incongruent <laughs> yeah. well you guys know I always like to try and come up with things to, to sell the listener on why you should watch it now this movie's a mess but here's what I find most compelling about this movie is and the documentary I mentioned goes into a lot of this is within just a couple of degrees legitimate talent in the industry, like real deal talent, this movie was within. So, like, you have people working on special effects for this that were also from Day, Day of the Dead with Romero working with Sabini. So, I mean, this isn't like some true low rent, mm. out of left field movie. There's some of it looks really good industry talent, which is what 
I was leading to is that what's mind blowing is some of the makeup work and special effects, <laughs> awesome. And so all of the rest of the movie has these hallmarks of of a shit movie, but there's all this talent still pumping through it. It's just a very unique movie. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's so fascinating to me is how much talent is within the frames of the effects work. There's a lot of cool stuff in it, but the movie is a mess overall. Does anybody want to take a guess at how much this made at the box office? $16. <laughs> Toddy, do you have a guess? $10 million. I have no guess. That's that with inflation. Is what this made at the box office. Woo! What a turd. Yeah. But you you guys aren't kidding, though. They brought in, they fired the director, and it's like watching two movies just shoved together. And I think there was a lot of people from the porn industry working on this, too, as well. I feel like there's a common theme through these four movies. Uh, Because this is another one where the poster art for this movie is... Oh, yeah. Pretty outstanding. Which again, I, I'm pretty sure even the poster has like them ripping clothes off the kind of the lead, even though it don't exactly look like her. But it's just insane though because this movie's bad. Don't get me wrong, but every two to three minutes, you've got something new on screen that looks good. Yeah, that would normally be what a shitty movie is centered around. Yeah. But they're throwing out a different one every couple minutes. It, and it's some of the weirdest creature designs I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much of it that it looks good. And then like it's the, crazy. the location was like, a, like it's like a really good location which is like this like historical I think I read somewhere that they actually because they filmed in it they were going to tear it down. Mm-hmm. Because they filmed in it I think they fixed some stuff for filming and they fixed enough to where it's like this historical thing and it's still like... Yeah, know, it's uh, one, of, one of the authors of the, the Constitution, I believe. It was his house. Oh, wow. Which, if you look, he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, are we going to try and do any of the storyline? Because well, there's really no how? way. No. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because this is actually a prequel to National Treasure. <laughs> One thing I want to say is that we set up, as you said, we so we set up, and we got this kid running away from home, Billy. He's running away from home. Well, Billy's running away from home, and then you got the Breakfast Club friends. That yeah. how are these people friends? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> you got the one guy that looks like he shops at the uh, uh, Krypton store for villains. I almost forgot about the puppet scene. guy and the puppet guy. Oh lord. <laughs> But Billy runs away from home because they forgot his birthday, and then he goes in the house, and a severed head is in a box telling him happy birthday, and he think, he freaks out and runs outside, and you think Billy is what we're following. But when he goes outside, that ghoul guy that is dressed like Michael Jackson kills him and buries him alive. He buries him alive right after he's like, do you like gladiator movies? And then that's it for Billy. They So that and the people in the house... Are the two separate stories? Two different movies. Gotcha. Yeah, so they killed Billy. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'll just say my favorite thing here. Um, (laughs) What I think is the best. Is this stressing you out? Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) We aren't just being lazy, guys. There's no way to lay this story out in a linear fashion. Um, They go down into this basement. It's like a wine cellar. And the girl falls down on the ground. And when she does, these arms come up out of the ground and grab her. And these really cool creatures come up and are chasing her. 
Now, now what we're going to do is we're going to take a cool part and really fuck it up. Yes, we are. Because they're making pig and fart noises. <laughs> yep. There's a whole big section in the documentary about this. Yeah, and, wasn't and that like the studio or whatever wanted them to add in fart noises? Yeah. Like the producer? Like, I think one person walked away from the whole job over it because <laughs> they, they insisted on they it. They looked so cool. Yeah. And insisted on fart and belch noises. And not in. just a couple. Like, it's it's out of control. Yeah. It's like, it sounds yeah. like It sounds like the bog of eternal stench in the last. Yes, it does. It, it sounds exactly like that. Yes. But amplified. Yeah. Um, that was hot in the 80s. <laughs> so, but then they are killed with wine. Creatures that live in a wine cellar that can be killed with wine. So... That was one of my favorites. Uh, I'm just going to run through my notes. Everybody can run through theirs. Uh, there's a merman. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, a thing that looks like the creature. It, it looks like Predator from Predator, but it's real slimy, and it has electric tentacles, and its face melts. Or does it make someone else's face melt? Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a Grim <laughs> Reaper statue that comes alive, which is kind of cool. There's a spider woman. The spider woman was cool. And that's just 10% of the creatures in this film. Yeah. So many creatures. So, those those are my notes. And they have a talking board. That's not a Ouija board. Oh, yeah, because they didn't want to have to potentially pay any rights for it. So yeah. So, com- they designed a completely different thing for it. <laughs> Anybody else got anything they want to say on this one? The film itself, when I watched it, uh, which was on Shudder, way more clean then it has any business yeah. having a release. Well, not vinegar was, syndrome restoration. Yeah. Incredible. Unbelievable quality for a movie that doesn't deserve it. No. I, I'm i not even going to... I didn't take notes, honestly. <laughs> After about five minutes, I was like, this is... I'm going to be way too big of a burden for really no reason. What's because funny it's not necessary. Is that all, the, all those fantastic creature effects, and then there's the part where the kid... Has like a blue face and shit. Like he's like mm, a ghoul. Yeah. And his hands aren't even painted. Right. And his hands are normal flesh color, but his face is fucking blue. Here's the thing, though. This is a fun Friday night movie. Because, especially as attention spans shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. Like right now, these guys are on their phones. They don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Just kidding. They do. Please don't bother me. Um, but it's... It's like literally they're throwing something new in frame every 60 seconds. Yes. The movie never... I mean, there were people who making this who took themselves seriously, but the movie doesn't overall. It's just... It's truly a kitchen sink movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you mix that in with the startling capabilities of some of this effects work and the makeup, it, which just usually is not present in movies like this. That's what I think is just kind of the unicorn aspect of this. The right. movie's a mess, yeah. but there's some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth watching for that alone. But yeah, plot, good God, it's not even worth trying to keep up with. Yeah, please, if you're going to watch this, imbibe in your favorite recreational activity. Oh yeah, or two. <laughs> yeah. And if you can, watch the documentary. The documentary is longer than the movie. It's like an hour, 40 minutes. I do want to watch it now. All right. I was trying to find somebody's like twisted tales re- review of uh of this movie because like they can pretty much just talk about um that their their version of the movie is that it's about a flagellant sorcerer <laughs> who brings back uh and it says talking about uh may or may not be flagellant wife 
It's like still non confirmed. That's basically the review made me laugh. Oh. I, I will say to you, I was uh, thinking because most of these movies all have another uh, common aspect too. Is I thought of uh, Vinny, especially during Frankenhooker, of uh, how you always say that when you're watching a movie and it's like whatever, but then the raunchy scene comes on and that's when people walk in. Yeah, yeah. So I was just wondering if Sandy just passed through at any point of like, <laughs> what are you watching? No, but since you <laughs> mentioned Frankenhooker, I was going to let this go. But one thing I forgot to mention that I took a note on. Was that the lady? There was a lady in the bar, the bartender who played Mrs. Steve in Pee Wee's Playhouse, season one. Shirley Stoller. Nice. How about that? And think of all the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I like where your brain went because it was like Titty Jerk Off, Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Okay. Hit up the hey. clock. Hit up the clock. Give me sixty seconds. <laughs> Any last thoughts on Spookies? Watch it. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's fuck. You ha- it has to be seen to be believed. I'll tell you what. This whole episode, this would be a fun Saturday marathon. That's some get this some is, friends together. Watch all. This 40s. is perfect. This is per- perfect post Thanksgiving Turkey Day. In the order that we discussed them. Yeah, yeah. We talk about Troll Two a lot, but Troll Two is a more cohesive storyline every day of the week. More than Spookies. Uh, and Spookies. I can't. Immediately disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, friends, this at has least been... Spookies had Spookies in it. <laughs> <laughs> you do got me there. Uh, well, friends, this has been a wild monster mash here with the Midwest <laughs> Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. Stay scary, my friends, or rather, stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>